Agenda setting conversations of the day. 20 minutes after 7, well, one of the features of meetings in our councils in many places at the moment is the huge amount of disruption that we see. We've seen so many meetings disrupted, postponed. Sometimes, frankly, it's just chaos. Now, the Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, Tembi Nkadameng, is instituting new regulations. In fact, the Minister's gazetting the regu- gazetted the regulations that could make disrupting a council meeting a criminal offence. We'll let's speak to Minister Tembi Nkadameng herself. Minister, good morning. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Stephen. What are you trying to do with these new regulations? Well, we are trying to, as you have correctly indicated in your introduction, to bring order in councils, but also to hold councillors responsible rather, to the communities that they've made a proclamation that they will serve. A council meeting is the highest decision-making body of council or of a municipality where decisions that affect you as a resident and as a citizen of a particular ward are supposed to be saved. So if you walk away, you disrupt, you are intentionally removing a right from a resident, for example, to allocate a budget for you to get water or for you to get a road or for you to be able to have access to employment in a condition that a municipality is able to be acceptable to economies that could be brought into that municipality and industries. So it's not just like a walk away in a meeting which has got no repercussions to the lives of people. It has a direct bearing. It has a direct bearing whether your waste will be collected. It has a direct bearing on administration, the technicians who are supposed to do the work but are supposed to get authority from council through a council resolution, which must be taken in a council meeting. Isn't one of the problems going to be the definition of disruption? I've spoken to people on this show who are involved in legislatures, they'll say what they did was not a disruption. When I look at it, I think it is a disruption. I can see a huge argument over this. Who would define a disruption? Well, a disruption, you look at it in a way where you say a meeting has forcefully by my action be brought to a halt. That's a disruption. You, 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 You can heckle possibly. You could, but getting on top of a table, standing on top of a table, uh, kicking another fellow councillor in a meeting, that's not a spirit of debate and discussion. It's actually putting your life in danger as another uh, 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 person. But it's a conduct which is not meeting the decorum of the house. From how you are dressed, we may not emphasize on that too much, but the decorum of the house, which is a council, needs to be respected as the same way you respect your job, you are on time, you ensure. How does a a, a judge keep the decorum of the house, even faced with serious criminals that me and you can't even look in front of? But he carries a responsibility, yes, assisted by law enforcement officers, to put a decorum of a court so that it could arrive at its decisions. That's what we're trying to do. And we have case law here which indicates a walkout is a disruption, but the meeting must continue if it has a quorum. And then we will charge you, why did you walk out? It's okay to differ and have different views as political parties possibly informed by your policies, but you can't when you not have your wish, walk away. This is not a kindergarten where I'm angry, I'm taking my toys, I'm leaving. You have taken an oath. 
to serve in council, not to serve yourself, but to serve your people. There are instances where you won't be happy. Sure. Live with that. You, ne- you have to be matured enough that Stephen doesn't believe in my view this time around. Okay, isn't one of the problems uh, the position of speaker? Because the speaker comes from a political party and their rulings are sometimes political in nature. I'm sure there'll be huge arguments about this. But if I believe that my cause is correct, that I'm fighting for people, the rights of people, my, you know, the people I've taken, taken an oath, uh, as you point out, to protect or to look after, um, and the speaker refuses to let me and refuses to let me and refuses to let me because uh, it's against their politics, well, isn't this where the disruption yes. comes? Well, it could be, but the, the legislation allows you to petition to the MEC. Let's say even when you are councillors, you're asking for a meeting with the speaker, and I'm from party A, and I refuse a meeting which a process has been followed, which it has happened in other instances. The law doesn't leave a vacuum. It says your MEC in that particular province could be. It even allows you to go to court, look at the city of Tswane, for example. But that's an extreme measure of going to court to demand a council meeting. But again, look at the city of Tswane, which couldn't do anything for about two years until court has to force council to sit Look at Nelson Mandela Bay in 2016 to 2021. They didn't build a single RTP. Not because they didn't have money. They turned around 520 million back to the fiscals because they were just not agreeing on which location. If it's not my location, mm. I don't come to this council meeting. If you are preferring that it must be informal settlement B and I don't want them for whatever reason, I don't come to a meeting. That's disruption. It's disrupting, possibly not the meeting, but it's disrupting even the agenda and the activities that council is supposed to undertake. So the court finding of Tuan was not about people who were on top of the table. The disruption was also in a form of ensuring that the meeting does not sit. Uh, Minister, if I may just ask, there's an intervention from national government, I think it is, in the city of Etiquini, where we know there's been huge problems. There have been some reports that the mayor, Kolisi Kunda, has resisted that intervention. Is that true? Well, I, I don't know. It's not necessarily true. Um, the MEC initiated the process and, and, and informed COPTA, uh, us at National. I, in writing... responded to the MEC and copied the mayor and also written to the mayor that the MEC cannot be able to conclude without input from National Treasury, which is the Minister of Finance, because all metros are financially non-delegated municipalities. They even go over to the rankings on the state of the country on how the economies of the cities and the metros. So to do any intervention by law, according to the MFMA, you are supposed to put uh, the Minister of Finance and ensure that the financial wing and assessment of the municipality is also done. And we're currently undertaking that with Minister Kodungwana. We can't say it will lead into an intervention of 139, but mandatory by the constitution we always are supposed as national, whether national uh, uh, COCTA or provincial COCTA, support municipalities in terms of Section 154. Currently, we've put up support uh, packages at Eteguin, and they didn't refuse them. There's a Minister of Human Settlement has placed ourselves as COCTA, have placed MISA in terms of assisting them with the infrastructure related to the floods, damages of April last year, because their spending was very low.
But it's not that the municipality refused. We cautioned that the processes have not been followed to the latter. Even COCTA is not delegated on metros to take a conclusive decision individually to place a municipality under intervention or administration without an input of the Minister of Finance. So that's where we are. Minister, thank you. I really appreciate the time. Tembi Nkadimeng is the Minister of Corporate Governance and Traditional Affairs.